Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. It's good to see you all out this morning with us at church. Um, I, I really hope that you have been blessed with the teaching on the Holy Spirit over the last number of weeks. Um, I guess our essence, why we wanted to do this, we feel we can never do it enough. We never get to a point where we feel we know enough about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and that's really what we've been trying to do is just to um, almost to present, to allow us to explore, to discover more and more and more and more about the beauty and the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's Again, all we simply want to want to do this morning, as we start into this, and I'm I am I promise you. I know I sometimes can say this. I'm not going to do the whole time. I'm not, because I, I guess at the end today, while we talk on the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we want to leave plenty of space at the end of today for everybody. I don't want to get to the point where we have to then just simply release people to go and get kids. But we want to leave lots of space this morning for for all of us to sit in this environment. Um, and for you, perhaps, this morning uh, to have an encounter of Holy Spirit, we're, we're praying for that for all of us, obviously, um, but perhaps even for the first time for you. And w- what we've been trying to do with this over the last number of weeks, um, not, not to, again, go over old ground, but it's just some of the points we've just simply been trying to say. Firstly, we've just been trying to look at, even from our understanding, some of the things that the Holy Spirit is not because we can have different ideas and thoughts, can't we, about the Holy Spirit from our different backgrounds, some of the different things we've picked up. Uh, and we've been just really simply trying to say things like the Holy Spirit is not, firstly, is not an it. <laughs> He's not something that's just out there, aloof. The Holy Spirit is not simply a feeling. It's not just simply an emotion. And the Holy Spirit not just is, but the Holy Spirit was not just only present or active for a specific period of time or for a specific period of history. I know that there's many people that can be brought up with that understanding. I know I was. That was my thoughts around the Holy Spirit, even as a young boy, just around that it was for a specific period of time. It was for the beginning of the church. And yet hopefully over the last number of weeks, what you've been understanding from as we've been presenting, not from our own thoughts or our own ideas, but from Scripture, which is why we believe this is true as we unpack the scriptures together. What we've simply seen is this, that the Spirit is a person. The Spirit is real. He is a person. The Spirit is an equal member of the Trinity. So while we can believe in the Father, and we can believe in the Son, as Phil said, you know, while we have an earthing point for the Father and the Son, sometimes we struggle with an understanding of the Holy Spirit and can often be reduced simply to the ideas of Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures, a Holy Bible. We're comfortable with the Bible. Perhaps we've been brought up not feeling comfortable around the idea of Spirit, but yet He is an equal member of the Trinity, which is why we want to talk about Him. We want to present Him over the last number of weeks. And the Holy Spirit is someone who releases us into a life, an experience, of the fullness of God and his kingdom as a present and current reality. As Phil at the beginning was saying, this is Ascension Sunday. And Jesus said this, that as he went, the reason why he went was because at this point, as he returned to heaven, there would be another who would come, another who would be sent, promise of the Holy Spirit. This was the idea of the Trinity that we looked at, the Holy Spirit equally part of it. 
And today, as we look at this topic of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I'm not, again, going to go over all the stuff from last week. Man, what a teach last week by Al. It was brilliant, wasn't it? And I know that lots of the guys in Portadown as well were saying just bless Phil was over there last week, teaching on the same topic last week and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so there's lots that we went over last week, lots from Scripture. Again, go and listen to it. I'm not, for time's sake, I'm not going to go over all that we went through last week. But for us in our lives, when we talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I guess really where I want to get to today is, while we've looked last week, really what it is, I guess today I want to look at, well, what can be a blockage or a hindrance to us in terms of what it is to be filled by the Holy Spirit? We're going to just name a few things, and then again, we're just going to leave space to pray into it. For all of us in our lives, here's the simple truth. If you're a believer here this morning, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, which we've just celebrated in communion, then what we need to recognize is that this isn't a question. When we talk about the infilling the Holy Spirit, it's not a question of whether we have the Holy Spirit inside of us or not. Because what we see from Scripture is this. So in the, in the book of Romans, Paul says this, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. If you say that you belong to the Lord, if you call yourself a Christian, then we have the Spirit of Christ living in us. Paul also says this to the church in Corinth. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. The Holy Spirit is a seal. It's a guarantee upon our lives of everything that we have yet to step into as a believer. When we have repented of our sin, when we have acknowledged our need of a Savior, we are filled with this Holy Spirit. We are given this Holy Spirit, as Paul says here, as a first installment, a seal, and a guarantee in our lives. So let's just name it this morning. As a believer, we already have the Holy Spirit. And so I, I know that this was part of a question even in our life group during the week. It's been, it's been beautiful just being able to discuss this in life groups and together. You know, but it's just the thought of that, well, if, it's, if the Holy Spirit's already here, well, what are you talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit? Why do we have to use the essence of, of this language? And what we see in an understanding is what Al pointed to last week from the book of Acts. It seems that the Spirit was experienced and encountered at first in different ways. In the book of Acts, we see people who receive an infilling and a power of manifestations of the Holy Spirit just immediately upon conversion. We're talking in essence about this, what it is to live out the manifestation, the, fil- the, fil- or the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Some people immediately got it almost upon conversion. For other people, um, they received the Holy Spirit, yes, before they were baptized. Some others who even received it after they were baptized. In Acts chapter 19, which is one of the passages we were looking at this week in Life Group, we were able to see some people who were called believers. And from the, the passages we've just looked at, if they are believers, if they were those that are in, in relationship with Christ, then they already had the Holy Spirit inside of them. But yet we read in Acts chapter 19, they say, well, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. And there were some people, it seemed that there was just a different pattern of it that there was throughout Acts. There was nothing that was prescriptive Nothing that was formulaic about it. There seemed to just be different ways that the Holy Spirit would come and encounter people in our lives. And I don't know about you, but it can so often be a case in our lives that we have a grasp of the need of salvation and of his forgiveness. 
which is, let me, let me name this before we even go any further to talk more about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's the bit that's paramount in all of it. If we haven't, in terms of what we've just celebrated this morning, if we haven't repented of our sin, if we haven't come to Calvary, and we haven't asked in terms of forgiveness of sin, this is the beginning point for it all. Be it what can so often happen in our lives is that many people want simply to settle there. Many people say, and listen, it is, it is incredible to have his forgiveness, of course, but many people want to settle there. And yet what Jesus said was that the reason why this happened was so that we could be filled with his presence. Jesus said that as he went, another would come, the promise of the Holy Spirit. The New Testament is clear that as a believer, what the Father desires to bring us to is an experience of life in the Spirit and the fullness of life that he brings. We say, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Jesus, thank you for your kindness to us. And yet that in itself was the beginning point of the Spirit being given to us, given to us so that we could step fully into all that He had for us. That's what we're talking about with the infilling of the life, the Spirit being filled with all that God has for us in our lives. And today, I guess I said, I just want to simply, we're going to look at one of the passages from last week. Today, I just want to explore what can be some of the hindrances to us in our lives of really experiencing that fullness. And then we're going to leave plenty of time to pray. And that's simply where we're going to go with this. Um, last week, one of the passages we looked at was in John chapter 7. If you have Bibles with you, it's going to be on the screens, but if you have Bibles with you, you can turn to that, John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. And, uh, and what we referenced with this last week was one of the, the feasts that w- was celebrated in the, in the life of the people of Israel. So in John chapter 7, verse 37, we were introduced to this, the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of, of Booze. Um, and what happened with this, this was an annual feast, was celebrated every year. And what would have happened, everybody from, from, the, from the people of Israel would have come and they would have congregated to Jerusalem. They would have come along to, to the city. And what they would have done was that they would have made or they would have lived in these, these little tents. It was a reminder to them about this specific period in their lives as they were wandering through the wilderness and as God had led them. It was something that they were looking back on. And it's in this context, at this moment, as they're celebrating this annual feast, going through the motions of doing the same thing that they've done every year. Jesus, we read these words in John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day of the feast, this feast would have lasted for eight days. It would have gone from a Sabbath to a Sabbath. And in this, in the last day of the great feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Again, in this day, Ascension Sunday, we remember how Jesus has been glorified, has ascended back to heaven. This is what Jesus in this moment was speaking about and talking about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And what would have happened, so again, just during this feast, there was just certain routines, there were certain rituals that they would have gone through on a daily basis. 
The day would have begun with a water-drawing ritual. Again, we looked a little bit about this last week. Jerusalem's sole water supply would have come from two areas, the Gion Spring, and then from this, the Pool of Siloam. And the water was precious. It was the source of life for the city. And what would have happened? So here's a picture of what the city would have looked like. Let me just explain this. I, I am a visual person. I need pictures to help me understand just really what was going on. And what you see, this first blue circle up at the top was where the temple would have been. And what would have happened on a daily basis is that the priest would have stood here. He would have blown a loud blast of the shofar, the, the trumpet. And what would have happened, they would have left the temple and they would have marched. There would have been this triumphant procession down to where you see the second circle is to this, the Pool of Siloam. They would have marched down to this space. And this is the pool. So let, let me just set the understanding. This is the pool. So this is John chapter 7 that this is happening. Two chapters later, this is the very pool where there's going to be a place of healing. For the children of Israel, there was other pools like the pool of Bethsaida, which had this understanding. It almost became... Um, <sighs> It was a hope, it was her tradition. Many lame people would have lay there and what would have happened with the pool of Bethsaida, there would have been this bubbling of the waters and there was this belief that if you could get into it just in time, there was a hope that you might have received healing. And yet in this pool of Siloam in John chapter nine, this is the pool where actually Jesus heals the man who is blind. Jesus prays for him and tells him to go and wash himself in the pool of Siloam. And you see, what we need to know about the pool of Siloam, the pool of Siloam means sent get this in our heads, the pool of Siloam means sent. The thing that was different that this pool signified and where Jesus, all of this starts to happen and where this water comes from, it was signifying about the one who would be sent, the Holy Spirit, the sent one. It's the waters from this which Jesus uses to reference the Spirit, the one whom Jesus promised would be sent and poured out on all flesh. And what happened? The priest carried a golden pitcher. And so from the pool of Siloam, that blue circle was down at the bottom, he dips in and he gets this and he fills it full of water. And then what would have happened was that they would have made their way back up to the temple, that part that was at the top. They would have gone back to the temple and the priest it would then have poured it out on the altar. What would have happened at the pool of Siloam as he dipped it in into the water and he starts to fill it? He would dip it in and they would simply say this. And again, this is the one verse we looked at last week. He would have just recited this every day. Imagine this every day, going over and over this every day, right? Walking down to the pool of Siloam, dipping in the pitcher, filling with water, and every day just saying this over and over and over again with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Imagine this every day. And then the people would have asked him, the people would have simply said these words, why is it known as the drawing out of the water? And the priests would have replied every day. They would have gone through the same thing. Get this every day, going over the same thing. The priests would have replied because of the pouring out of, listen to these words that he would have said. They would have asked, why is it called a drawing out of the water? And every day they would just go over this. The priests would have said, because of the pouring out of Ruach HaKadosh, which meant the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. There was a belief there was a thought, there was an understanding about the Spirit of God. And yet they believed it in principle, but yet they hadn't experienced the fullness. 
They went over this day after day after day after day. And to cut a long story short, what happened, the priest returned to the temple, poured it out on the altar. Last week, Al, when he was here, and I know Phil and poured it down, they talked about the last day and where there would, have, there would have been no water that was poured out. But every day as they went back, remind ourselves about this every day, get an understanding of this every day. They went through the same thing over and over and over again. What happened was that as he poured it out on the water, or on the altar, this water, there was a massive silence. The people were told to be still and to be silent. And in this moment, as they were being silent, as it would descend on the crowd, the people were simply, this is what they were told to do. They were encouraged to feel and to listen to the wind. They were encouraged to feel and to listen to the wind. They were just going through the motions. They had an understanding of Holy Spirit. They had an understanding of him in their minds. They were just going through the motions. Going through it over. Do you get the understanding? They're just going through the motions of everything that felt right. This happened each day. Each day they went through this. And at this moment, again in the last day, as the silence descended, this is where Jesus, and this is what I want to hear this morning for us afresh, Jesus, in this moment, as the silence descended, shouted with a loud voice, if anyone really thirsts for this, if you really want this, this is more than just a head knowledge. If you really want this, if you're thirsty for this, if you're hungry for this, let him come to me and drink. If you really want this, this isn't just about a religious, ritualistic thing. If you really want this and the fullness and the essence of what this is, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Everything about this that you believe in the essence in a ritualistic, religious way fully can come alive in you. If you're thirsty for this, Jesus said, come to me. Come and receive it from me. Jesus says, come and drink. The word for drink is just simply this, pino, which means to participate, to share in the life of what this was about. And as we participate with the Spirit, as we receive and drink within the Holy Spirit, there's fulfilling within us. And today, just as I finish this off, I just want to simply say this. If there's a sense of tiredness within us, if there's a sense of longing for more, if where you're at, even in you sense, even in your walk with the Lord, if you feel that like your spiritual life is dry, Jesus simply tells us to drink. 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 Participate in this. And here's the three things that from this story that I just grasp, and I just want to name this morning as we just close to pray, three things that can often be a blockage to what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to live a life of being that ongoing infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the first one is just simply religion. The first one is religion. The people in the story were going through the motions of what seemed the right thing to do from a religious point of view. And can I just say this? It's, it's a joy to see you all in the room this morning. So please hear that, hear that when I say this. But you know what? Sometimes it can often be the same as we come to church week after week after week. We think this is where we'll have the experience. You know, as we come into the room, this is where we'll have the experience. 
as they went through the motions of it day after day, the people in the story, as they went through it day after day after day, and they went through what seemed like the right thing to do. It can often be like why we turn up the church week after week after week because we feel we can have the experience and the encounter. You know, if we go through the things in that way, some people in sections of church today um, believe that the, the, the Holy Spirit was relegated to a different moment of, of history, something that happened in the past, something that just simply needed remembered. And when it comes to the idea of religion, we need to be clear, a religious spirit will quench the freedom and the fullness of the spirit desires to bring in our lives. Because here's the truth, the Pharisees themselves weren't, by and large, weren't bad people. They they had been carried off into exile in the past because of their disobedience. And when they came back in, they were just desperate that that would never happen again. And they tried to be really rigorous around just how to make sure that their life didn't step into sin. But then they just got really legalistic about it all. But here's the thing that can so easily happen. Let me just say this line. For some of us in the room, even when it comes to an encounter of the Holy Spirit, we have it worked out in our heads of how it should be and the way it should be even in here. And what can so often happen is that we can often become almost like Pharisaic Pentecostals. <laughs> Pharisaic Pentecostals, like we know the way it should be to encounter the Holy Spirit. We do two songs and communion and then we'll raise hands and sometimes like that's the way it should be. We can often be Pharisaic in our own way of, of the things that the Holy Spirit should happen, can't we? <laughs> yeah. And yet with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is just life-giving. He's dynamic. He comes in different ways. And religion can be one of the things that can be a barrier to you stepping into the fullness and the freedom of the Holy Spirit in your life. In my life, that can be one of the things that's the first stumbling block. Religion, the way it should be. We know in our minds, that's what we see from the story. The second thing is just simply confusion. We've been brought up in different parts of the church with just different teaching, perhaps wrong teaching. Words spoken against the Spirit have left us confused, even in terms of what it should be. That's what happened in John 7. The people believed in God's Spirit, but they would think it was as much as something to acknowledge in a religious and a ritualistic way. We can be confused. We were even chatting about that in life group. We all came from, when we name our different backgrounds, some from church, some from non-church backgrounds, we have just different understandings, don't we, of what the Holy Spirit's about and how we should receive him. And it can leave a lot of confusion. Dan, have you ever feel that? <laughs> just me? Um, yeah, sometimes we can get confused by what we've been taught in the past about the Holy Spirit. We need to come and we need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us eyes afresh, which is why we wanted to do this series. Just Holy Spirit, give us fresh eyes to see you. The thing we need to recognize as well with this idea of confusion is that it's not a one-off thing. Can I just name this? And this did come up in several of the life groups. We heard feedback about this. Because we're going to pray at the end. But what can often happen is, particularly when we talk in Pentecostal circles about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I told you my own story a few weeks ago about how I went into a room with the hit squad. So Phil was there and Paul Rathor and Tommy. And like those guys prayed over me and it felt like it was the moment when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. But what can so often happen is we can have in our head, we know the date that we were saved. We know the date that we were baptized in water. And we know the date that we were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We can say, well, that was the moment that I was filled with the Holy Spirit and that was enough. 
that was when it happened. We can almost make a religious moment out of that. But yet what the Bible's really clear on, and this is why we've tried to look at this verse, where Paul says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, that it's not just a one-off event, but actually it's something that happens on a daily basis, is keep on being filled. But let me just say this, because we actually read this this week as we came to uh, the Bible passages in the reading for this week, the context of this verse, we are going to finish at, at the end of today by praying, praying for one another. But if we believe that the infilling of the Holy Spirit only is limited to moments like that when it's at the front of church or happening in church, then we miss it as well. The context of this, listen what it is. The NLT talks about it, life and the power of the Spirit. And in this, Ephesians 5, verses 16 to 20, that this verse is set in the middle of, listen what it says. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Are you struggling with some of the things in your life about how you're living? Some of the things that are going on about how you're trying to live for the Lord? Be careful how you live. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. The next one, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Is there big decisions in your life? Are there big choices that you're trying to make, certain things that are going on in your life and you just, it's almost like you need direction, you need guidance and you, you can easily go and ask other people and yet in this one, it's understand what the Lord wants you to do. And so in this where there's like, be careful how you live, be clear in terms of what the Lord wants you to do, this is then when Paul says, so therefore be filled with the Spirit. On a daily basis for us in our lives, do you see how kind and how practical the Lord is, what it is to be filled with the Spirit as he desires to lead and to guide us. This is why Jesus said he's our helper. And as we welcome every day, so as you go through those moments when there's things you're just trying to get on with and you're struggling to overcome in your life in terms of how you live, decisions that you're trying to make, this is where you're simply praying, Holy Spirit, would you fill my life? Would you fill my mind? Holy Spirit, I welcome you into the situation. I invite you to fill the space of this. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and to lead and to guide me. This is where our lives become practical and daily infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. If we relegate it to moments where it's just at the front of church, it's just as bad as what we've read in the passage, that Jesus comes and he shouts with a loud voice, if anyone's thirsty, come and drink. If anyone's thirsty, come and drink. You wake up tomorrow, if you're thirsty, drink afresh. And the day after that, drink afresh. And the day after that, drink afresh. And the day after that, drink afresh. Don't just leave it to moments like this when we meet in church. Don't relegate it to moments like this and miss out on the fullness of the life of the Spirit. This is the joy of the gift of the Spirit to us. And then finally, and with this I'm done, one of the other things that I just sense can be a stumbling block to being filled with the Holy Spirit is a sense of control. Speaking with some friends, there's just, there's almost like a hesitancy. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want someone to pray for me at the front of church because I'm worried about what will happen. I've, I've heard some people say that, I'm worried about what could happen. Like, what do you do if you get like a goosebump feeling or some people say, what happens if you start to roll about on the floor? Because they've heard stories, you see, in other places, and it can be something that can be off-putting. And the thing is that the Holy Spirit, as he, as he comes upon our lives, I, I loved Phil had, had referenced this, and I, this, I took this from his note 
He said the Holy Spirit comes in different ways because the Holy Spirit always respects our personality. I love that. The Holy Spirit always respects our personality. And one of the things that we see is Jesus said these words about um, come and drink. This is what we read in John chapter 3, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. Listen to these words. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Imagine that, that it's not about us just trying to control and make the decisions and saying, this is what my life's going to look like, and God, you rubber stamp my decisions. But as we welcome the Holy Spirit, guys, this is what we need to be open for. Holy Spirit, would you blow me? Would you breathe afresh in me, but would you move through my life? Holy Spirit, I open myself to be blown by your wind. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You do not know where it comes from or where it goes. Imagine having a life where it's, Spirit, would you lead me today? As you fill my life afresh today, Holy Spirit, would you lead me today? I surrender myself to your leading and to your guiding. Holy Spirit, would you lead me today? Holy Spirit, as I go into that meeting, Holy Spirit, I surrender my mind and my mouth to your infilling. Spirit, would you fill me with your words? Spirit, would you fill me with your mind? Spirit, I surrender myself to you so that you can lead me in this way. This is what it is to be abandoned to the life of the Holy Spirit. We surrender control. We're not led by religion. We're not led by confusion. We're not led by control. But in a gentle way, we just recognize that this is what the Holy Spirit was about. And so this is why Jesus said these words. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more will the Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, who loves you, who is passionate about you, who wants you to experience everyday fullness of life? Jesus says, how much more does he want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And that's why in moments, like we want to leave space at the end now just for for you in your own way, just to ask afresh in these moments. Guys, this is the simplicity. You've heard a much longer, better theological teach last week. Today, I just want to be practical. I recognize that these are barriers in my own life at times. I recognize that these are the things that can be a stumbling block to me living into that fullness of life in the Holy Spirit that he desires for us. And I just want to name these things so that we can actually recognize them in our own lives. And I hope that it's not just a recognition so that it's, oh, well, then that's okay. <laughs> I want to name them so that we can actually pray into those things this morning. And we can step into it. The guys are going to come in the band now. We're going to finish with a song in a little bit. But before we do that, I just would love to pray for us this morning. And please, as I say those words, don't be freaking out. <laughs> Today, we're, we're just going to gently just allow space just to pray as we, as we finish this off. Dixie is going to lead us probably in about in another five minutes. We're going to finish with a worship song. But before that, I just feel that this is a moment, an opportunity for us. And again, listen, this is not all what it just impinges on. This is about tomorrow, you waking up and inviting Holy Spirit. 
and the day after that, you waking up and inviting Holy Spirit and the day after that. But there are moments as we congregate together as the people of God where there is moments of Holy Spirit, would you fill us? These can be moments of encounter. I would love for you to stand with me this morning, could you? Just as we finish. Jesus says these words so well in John 7 he said if anyone thirsts in the Beatitudes he says this blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied I love those words imagine what it is to be satisfied there are other things that will come and try and take the space of that satisfaction and just leave us dry and empty. But with the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit, man, we just get satisfied every day. So what I would love to do, um, there, there's space at the front here. Um, where, could you maybe clear that those tables for us, could you? I, I want to respond in a couple of ways, but, and we're going to not prolong this either. We're going to go into worship. I would just love for you this morning, if, if there's a sense of Holy Spirit, I, I want more of you. Holy Spirit, I want to surrender to you. I want to be abandoned to you in my life. And even this morning, I want to encounter you afresh in my life. If there's a longing of the words of Jesus for anyone who is thirsty, let him come and drink. That's all this is. This is a drinking moment. But tomorrow morning, you're going to have to drink afresh. This is a drink. And so if you want that this morning, our elders and our staff are here. We're going to have a moment just to pray for you. If you long for that yourself, I would love for you to come and stand at the front with me, could you? I'm not going to prolong it. But if this is a longing in your heart for Holy Spirit, I just want more of you. I want to be abandoned more to you in my life. Come and stand at the front, please, can you, so we can pray for you this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Just, I've had a picture of like a harbor and all the ships and small boats are sitting in the harbor, but they have 
their sails all tied up. So they use their engines to go out onto the open sea. But when they get out onto the open sea, the engine's no good. So if you don't open up your sails and let the Holy Spirit blow into your sail, he can't move you where he needs you to be. And he can't fill you with that Holy Spirit, like that Holy Spirit breath and that Holy Spirit wind that he needs in your sails for you to keep going. So we're going to respond to this in a couple of ways. Um, For all of us, whether you're here at the front or for everybody in the room this morning, whether you're at your front or not, I would just love for all of us just to have a moment just of invitation to the Holy Spirit this morning. Invitation is important. Jesus said the Father delights and desires to give the Holy Spirit to all who ask doesn't force himself on anyone, so this is an invitation. So for all of us in the room this morning, whether you're at the front or not, I would love for you to hold your hands out. Could you, fresh for me this morning? Just hold our hands out. And this morning in this space, even as we pray, these are the words just simply of, Come, Holy Spirit. This is the oldest prayer of the church over the years. Come, Holy Spirit. This morning there could be an encounter, and experience of the Holy Spirit in different ways. It might be a sense just of, of God's presence with you. You might sense a, a heat. You might sense a sensation on you, Phil. Even in his notes last week, the Holy Spirit can come like oil, healing, equipping, empowering um, riches when we come to him with hurting. The Holy Spirit can come upon us like water, cleansing, washing, refreshing, nourishing when we feel dry and dirty. The Holy Spirit can come like fire, purifying, purging, making holy when we need passion and energy. The Holy Spirit can come like wind, power, direction, unpredictability, wildness, not under our control when we need to step out in adventure. And this morning, I would just love for you in your own way, just stretch out your hands and in your own words, just welcome Holy Spirit. Just simply say these words, come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. In the sense of what it is you start to experience in this moment, don't try to quench it. Just welcome and receive of the Holy Spirit this morning. This is not the moment. It is a moment. And these moments are important. So let's not be resistant to Holy Spirit, but let's trust him this morning in this space and let's just welcome him in this moment. Come Holy Spirit.
you guys are going to continue just to minister for everyone at the front here. If you still want to come forward for prayer, I'm going to pray a prayer for us now. And Dixie's then going to lead us in worship just off the back of this. Just and continue to come even during the worship. And at the end of this, if you really would love someone just to lay hands on you this morning, it's a scriptural setting for this, a laying on of hands and an impartation of the Holy Spirit. But let me just pray for us in this moment. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that as sons and daughters of yours, Father, I thank you for the gift of your spirit living in us. And yet I thank you for moments like this, God, when we are opening ourselves up, God, and we just pray, Lord, for an increased capacity in our lives. God, today we just pray, Lord, for more of you, Holy Spirit. We pray for a fresh impartation and infilling of you in our lives, Holy Spirit, and not just for this moment, but God, we just pray, Lord, that you would give us an appetite and a desire and a hunger, God, in our lives to daily, daily, daily invite you afresh. Come, Holy Spirit, in this moment we just pray, allow yourself to be made known, God, in the manifestation of this. I thank you, God, for even more. We're going to look and explore around the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But yet, Holy Spirit, you are much more than your gifts. You are a person. And we welcome you here in your beauty, in your power, in your purity, God, in your own way. Holy Spirit, we recognize and honor you amongst us. We recognize your presence with us. Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you that as you ascended back to heaven, this was the promise of the Holy Spirit for us in our lives as your church. And I thank you for what it means to us, Lord, not just to speak of power, but to be carriers of power and carriers of your presence. And so right now, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that we would just pray for a fresh Pouring a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit, God, upon every life and every person in this room. God, for everybody watching at home this morning, God, we pray a fresh release and a fresh impartation of Holy Spirit in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come upon us, God, in your gentleness. Come in your might. Come in your power. And even as we worship right now, we honor you, Father. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Holy Spirit. We honor you, God, in your fullness amongst us this morning. Let's just at worship in the space. Let's just continue to receive this morning. That's if you want to still come, we want to just pray with you. And then Phil is going to come and just close just in a few minutes. But let's let's just continue to worship and to receive this morning. Thanks, Dixon.
Jesus speaking to his disciples in John 20 said when he had spoken to them he, he breathed on them I love that verse he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit the breath of God the Ruach God, we pray that breath of heaven to be upon every person in this room as we conclude our first service this morning. The, the holy ruach of heaven to blow upon every life, upon every family, upon every circumstance, no matter how difficult, upon every ailment every sickness may the holy ruach wind of heaven be upon your life be upon your marriage be upon your home be upon your children, your grandchildren in Jesus name this morning in Jesus name Amen We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast for more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.